Do I love Fifth Sundays? Because uh, my challenge as a pastor is to preach in such a way that challenges the adults and engages the children. And so it causes me to, to work in a different way than I normally prepare, and I love it. Um, we've been on a series. We've been looking at kingdom investments, the idea that we're sowing in ourselves principles that God has given us. We're, we're in, according to 1 Timothy chapter 4, we're training ourselves to be godly or disciplining ourselves for godliness. And I talked about how we're making every effort, that's from 1 Peter, to do these things. And we talked about some, some disciplines that sometimes we don't consider. We talked about the discipline of Sabbath rest, that we need a moment to enter into his presence and let him pour into us. We talked about the discipline of submission. That's the thought process that God has a mission that's more important than my plans. And I have to put myself underneath his mission. Last week we talked about the discipline of confession. And I talked about how hard it is for us to own whether it's what's really right or what's really wrong in our lives. Like sometimes it's just hard for us to admit when we screwed up. And that we have to discipline ourselves for confession. And this week I want to continue, but actually I thought this was going to be the last week. And I went to a conference a couple weeks ago when the pastor who was sharing, he preached one message that I thought I needed to take the theme and apply it to our context as a discipline. And so this is kind of an audible message. It wasn't in my original plans. Um, But it's a message that I do believe is powerful, and I do believe that God needs us to hear. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and love. We thank you that we're in your house today, and we get to experience your goodness. And I pray, God, that as we spend time in your word this day, as we spend time listening to you, you speak to us. In our hearts, in our minds, they receive everything that you have. Help us to remove distractions. Help us to hear from you. God, I I pray for myself that I would be yielded to you. Your will would be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. So in just a moment, I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 4. Before I do, I just want to talk about who wrote Proverbs. Does anyone know who wrote Proverbs? Any of the kids know who wrote Proverbs? Okay, any adults know who wrote Proverbs? Solomon wrote Proverbs. Solomon, if you want to know, uh, I love Proverbs because Solomon asked God for one thing. God said to Solomon, if you can have anything in the whole world, what would you want? And most of us, Levi, if I said to you, you can have anything in the whole world, what would you want? Infinity V-Bucks. If I said... Ty, you can have anything in the whole world, what would you want? Anything in the whole world. A vehicle. Barrett. Anything in the whole world, what would you want? A hoverboard. Now you guys are easy. When, when Solomon was asked this question by God, he said, I just want to have understanding and wisdom in how to rule. And God describes Solomon after that request because he gives Solomon as the wisest and most understanding man that has lived and will ever live. And so, if you get anything this morning, the words I'm about to read, they're not my words, they're, the wise, they're from the wisest man, that's not Pastor Steve, sorry, who's ever been. Proverbs chapter 4 says, my son. So he's writing this 
And, and this is for literally his kids. Okay? So my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth and keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not turn to the left or the right. Keep your foot from evil. And in these verses, I want to look at them today. And I will say... I'm always nervous on this day because they've given me even less room. I've given myself even more obstacles to trip over. So if I trip this morning, we will all laugh together. Okay, so the first part of this, Solomon is saying, my son, pay attention to what I say. I have a feeling he's saying, hey, listen up. This is really important. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. Listen closely to my words. Like, this is really important. It's like when pastor says, get your pens out, write this down, because this is going to be really good. He's getting his kids' attention. He's saying, pay attention. I got something really important to speak to you. It's something so important, people will find life and health. And so he says, above all else, verse 23, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. I want to talk about this discipline of guarding our heart. Solomon, who I described as a man who God said is the wisest and most understanding who will ever live, says, above all else, I believe he's saying, make every effort. Train yourself to guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. It's a discipline that I don't believe we always engage in. What does it really mean to guard our heart? Well, we guard what is valuable, right? Who here has a safe? I'm looking, okay? What's in your safe? Isn't it what's valuable to you? Most people don't go to the safe to find toilet paper. Except for in 2020. We might have locked it up then. But what's in your safe is probably the important papers. It's, it's the valuables. It's the, it's the gold. It's the abundance of jewelry that you have. It's the guns that are so important to you, right? We put what's in our safes, that which is valuable. We guard what we see as valuable. If we don't see it as valuable, if we see it as replaceable, it's not as important to put in the safe. He says, guard what? Your heart. And I know, guys, most of us, uh, it, it, when we hear heart, it's like this thing that goes pitter-patter inside of us. It beats and Mike's dances whenever Cheryl's in the room. It's that thing inside of us. Forty years, see? But the reality is, when, when in the Bible you read heart, he's not talking about that, that physical thing that's inside of you. But what Solomon is talking about guarding, he's not saying like put on the armor, uh, this, this armor on. He's saying your heart, that's your, your inner man. It's a word that often at times is exchanged from heart to mind. It's that which is inside of you is what he's saying to guard. Um, 
some dude who I'm not going to say his name describe it like this. Heart is used in the scripture as the most comprehensive term for the authentic person. It's the part of our being where we would desire, deliberate, and decide. It's been described as the place of conscious and decisive spiritual activity. The comprehensive term for the person as a whole, his feelings, his desires, passions, thoughts, understanding, and will, the center of a person, the place to which God turns. So Solomon is talking to his son, and he's saying, I got something really important, pay attention. It's so important, listen up, okay? And he says, I need you to guard your heart. Above all else, make efforts to guard that which is inside of you, the mind, the will, the desires that you have, because from it is the wellspring of life. And so Solomon, he's a, good, he's a good preacher because he gives us three points. I love when preachers give us three points because it makes my job easier. He gives us three ways in which we can do this practice in which he's talking about. So the first thing he says is keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. So I said we just got to watch our mouth. If we want to guard our hearts, we got to watch our mouth. Right? We talked about confession last week. That's... This discipline that we have of watching our mouth. We want life to come from our mouth. John chapter 6. It says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick fig trees from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I'm telling you, the Bible tells us your mouth, your words are the greatest litmus test for what's going on inside of you. If your words are ugly, then there's probably ugly inside of you. If your words are life-giving, there's probably life inside of you. Watch your mouth. It can show you what's going on inside of you. I believe it's the greatest indicator. It's the greatest litmus test. Whatever word I can use for what's happening inside of me is what's coming from this thing. Have you ever been there where you're like, wow, where'd that come from? Good or bad? (laughs) Those are moments to stop and think, what's happening to my heart? What's going on inside of me? So he doesn't just say, watch your heart. He says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly uh, before you. So then he says, son, watch your eyes. What are your eyes looking at? Because I promise where your eyes are looking is where you're going to end up going. Right? We can try to walk a straight line, but if we're looking at the flag, we're probably going to end up going toward the flag. What your eyes are looking at is going to direct where your feet are going. Matthew chapter 5. Oops. The eye is the lamp of the body. This is how important your eyes are. It's the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Your eyes are what is allowing everything inside of you. What are you looking at? 
What are your eyes fixed on? Because I promise that's what's inside of you. When I have a conversation with you, I'm going to find out what your eyes have been fixed on. If you've been fixed on Fox News, we're going to talk about the craziness that is in our world. You're going to tell me this and that about what's happening. If you're fixed on the Cincinnati Bengals that are playing at 1 o'clock today in the, in the AFC Championship against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to have another historic day as the Bengals go to the first Super Bowl since 1988, I'm going to talk to you about that. Where did that come from? <laughs> ah, that's truth. Ah, it's from my heart. Man, the kids are getting it. See, my job is going well. You see, oftentimes we're so focused on the stuff that we're missing what God is doing. There's a story. This is in First Kings or second king, sorry, it's with the prophet Elisha. And he and his servant are there, and they're surrounded by armies. They're surrounded by men, and his servant is, is frightened. He gets up, and, and, and he goes to the man of God, and got up, went out early the next morning with armies and horses and chariots that had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. I mean, he saw a bunch of dudes with big swords and, and scary horses and spears and whatever else that were surrounding them. And he said, what do I do? In life, we get so fixated on the enemies, on the trials, on the obstacles. Our eyes, all they can focus on is what is wrong. This morning, I came into the church. You ready for this one, Levi? Watch this. Watch how God works. And I'm guessing Levi, it wasn't him. But the lights around the church, these little ones on the sides that no one really notices, white, blue, white, 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 white. I said, there ain't no way I can do church like that. Because all I'll be fixated on is the blue light and why we have one blue light in the sanctuary. It doesn't matter how good worship is. It doesn't matter if someone falls in the baptistry. All I'm going to be focused on is that dumb light and why is that dumb light blue. That's our inclination. Oftentimes our eyes get fixated on what is wrong, on the problem, on the issue, on the enemy. And so the prophet said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the, the servant's looking like, dude, it's just you and I, and we haven't been working out. We've been reading the Bible. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He went from a man whose eyes told him there was something to be afraid of to the guy that was out there saying, Bring it on! It's about to get real! (laughs) Because of what his eyes were fixed on, it changed the heart inside of him. Watch your mouth. Watch your eyes. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the left or to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Watch your step. You watch your mouth. You watch your eyes. If you want to guard your heart, you watch your step. Just a few Psalms. Psalm chapter 37 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord 
upholds him with his hand. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give away. Psalm 119 says, Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. You know, in Sunday school we were talking about walking with God. This idea of the pace that I'm walking with God. If I want to know that I'm in the right space, then I want to be where God is. I want to walk with him. I want to, I want to go on the path that he's laid out before me. The steps of the righteous, they're what? They're ordered of God. He's got a path that he set out before us, but, but too often we're not walking on the path. We're walking somewhere in the wilderness and we're getting lots of poison ivy. Watch your mouth. Watch your eyes. Watch your step. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Watch your step. He said, above all else, we guard our heart. We guard our heart by watching our mouth, by watching our eyes, by watching our step. Why? Because the wellspring of life is in you. There is something very valuable inside of you. God has done something inside of you. John 7 He says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And when I drink from Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ has called himself the living water, when I drink from him, that's what goes inside of me. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will do what? They'll flow from them. If you've drank from, from the river, from Jesus Christ, who is living water, rivers of living water will flow from you. Guard your heart because the wellspring of life will come from you. When Solomon wrote those words, there was a context. We go to the kitchen and we turn the faucet on, we got water, boom. But of being everything's good. Military strategy in, in, in the Old Testament times, you know what they attacked? So armies are going out to war, but you know what they had to do? They had to have a battalion that stayed by the well to guard the well. Because that well meant life. Remember a few weeks ago, Hagar and Ishmael, and they're out in the desert, she's crying because they're going to die, and there's a well there, so now they've got life. You see, this well that is inside of you, the well that God is talking about, where the rivers flow from you, it's imperative for life. I don't think we recognize that. If that faucet doesn't work, I'll use that one. If that one doesn't work, I'll use the next one. Water meant life. And so because water meant life, you know what other people tried to do while they were trying to guard it? Do you know why they had to guard it? Because others would attack it. And do you wonder how you attack a well? You find that deer that Mike ran over in his truck that's been laying on the side of the highway for like six weeks. It's got a lot of nastiness and gross in it. You pick that bad boy up, 
And when they're not looking, you drop it in the well and you run away. And all of a sudden, the whole community's sick. I've heard lepers, when, when people would die of leprosy, that was like the warfare. They would try to place them in the enemy's well to kill, to infect the entire people. I want to tell you, there's a wellspring of life in you that the enemy wants to attack. Levi, bring me my illustration. If you don't get lepers and you, and you don't get dead animals, I've got a cup of water. It's good water. It's got a church, a gift for you from Christ Community Church. That's Fourth of July water right there. Kylie, please come here. You look thirsty. Can you take a drink of my water? So before I came to church, I went in Graham's laundry hamper. And this sock is inside out. So you know what that means? That means Graham wore it, and I think he wore it to wrestling practice. So, the enemy likes to take something bad. Put it in our wellspring, like tea. Let's make this steep. Yeah. Too bad it's not changing colors. Kylie, will you take a drink? Kylie, will you take a drink? All these people are looking at you. You've got one job right now. You're embarrassing me as the pastor. Just take a drink. You can sit down. Thank you. We didn't rehearse that. But why are we surprised? Why are we surprised when people don't want to drink our water? Why do we wonder why people don't want to hear what's coming from us? Maybe it's because the enemy snuck in. And he sowed something gross inside of us. And as a disciple of Christ, as a child of God, I have to make every effort. What do I do? I recognize that something inside of me, it's just gross. My words are gross. My attitudes are gross. What do I do? James says it shouldn't be that way. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and curses. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So when I recognize that Kylie won't drink the glass, what do I do? i got to start over. i got to change it. How? Pause for a moment because I've got to do this. If you're getting baptized today and you need to change your clothes, please go do that. Psalm chapter 51. I get carried away sometimes. But I've got this. 
and I want to do something about this, David gave us a good way. He cries out to God in Psalm chapter 51, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back. You deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O oh God. You are the God, you are, you who are God my Savior and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. If you find yourself looking like this, the answer is get in his presence and ask him. He's the source of living water. Whoever drinks from him will never thirst again. If I need to get rid of this, I've got to go to the source and say, God, create in me a clean heart. That's confession. That's what we talked about last week. God, I recognize that there's a dirty sock inside of me and no one likes what's coming out of me. Take this and do something with it. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Don't let me be removed from your presence until I'm filled with a clean and fresh and living water. And then, I love it, the product is I will teach what comes out of me will be the wellspring of life. And then I will teach transgressors your ways so sinners will turn back to you. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. When we've allowed the living water, the well that is inside of us, to become new again, we can be assured that living water will come from us. Solomon said, above all else, guard your heart, for the wellspring of life comes from it. pastor says to you this morning, above all else, guard your heart, for the wellspring of life comes from it. Watch your eyes, watch your mouth, watch your step, because there's life that God has Listen, there's life that God has from you. It's not just for you. It's life for others. It's life for your friends. It's life for your family. It's life for your coworkers. It's life for your community that God has inside of you that I want to be attentive to because I am the well. I am the one in which living waters will flow from. Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you for this day. And God, the illustrations, the words, the ideas, the wisdom of Solomon, I pray that you resonate with our hearts the response that we need to have. God, I ask that this day that we could be like David. <laughs> Acknowledging the mess and asking for the life to guard our wells so that living water can come 
from us. Carrie and Tam, can you guys sing Create in Me? Can we do that as we're getting ready for the baptism? I'm going to have them do Create in Me, A Clean Heart. It's a song that we sing every once in a while. Uh, The response as we prepare for baptism is you can sing that song. You can let God speak to your heart. If you know there's a dirty sock inside of you, you can mean the words as they sing those words. Okay? So we've got four individuals that I know of. And like Walt said, if you want to be baptized today and you haven't been and you don't mind going home wet, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says repent and be baptized. If you want to make that happen today, we can make it happen here. It's filled up. It's ready to go. It's nice and warm. So the first one that's going to be baptized today is my son. What's your name? Levi. Levi what? I'm Allie. And I asked Levi, why do you want to be baptized? I want to get baptized because I want to show people that I believe in God and I accept Jesus into my heart. So you step over here for a second. We're going to do all the microphone stuff at one time because I don't like microphones and water. Can tell everybody your name? William Sams. And why do you want to be baptized today, William? Because I know in the future it will have to happen if I don't do it today. (laughs) And also, I know I'm ready for it. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart? Yes. All right, so then we're all in a good page. Thank you. Oh, one more thing. thing. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's something cool that's happening this morning. I'm Michael Sams, and I accept God as my Savior and Jesus as my Savior. I do this to prove my faith. I'm a long time hydrophobe, and this is a great test for me, and I'm hoping I do well. You're good. I get it. All right, youngster, can you tell everyone your name? Dwayne Sams. And I'm going to ask you the same question I asked everyone else. Why do you want to be baptized today? I never have been and I need to be. (laughs) Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. All right, so then we can do the baptism. Three generations, grandpa, dad, and son. Uh, Today's going to be a good day. I get to baptize my son. 